who would be the worst possible writer for this? <laughs> it's like, Zdarsky. oh, wow, it's Pong. Okay. <laughs> Someone made it, and it's Pong. Okay. <laughs> and he's got the henchman, you know, who's like left paddle, right paddle. The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. Kids, it's time to check out the Dorkening Podcast Network. With over 30 podcasts that encompass everything from horror to video games to comic books, and so much more, you're bound to find the shows for your taste. Whether it be Nerds of Unusual Origin, That Strange Show, Retro Red Octopus, Splash Pages, Throwdown Thursday, The Horror Squad, Still Token with... My God, man, I can't read all of these. So just feel free to play and experiment with the Dorkening Podcast Network. There are over 30 shows chock full of nerdy goodness to sink your ears into. And they're all available on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever fine podcasts are broadcast. Hey, welcome to the Dork Night. My name is Leo. I'm the monkey behind the keyboard here. We have a great show scheduled for you as always. Today, we're going to be talking about the Batman games. And with the Dork Night, you know, it's two people that really enjoy Batman. And uh, then we have Brandon. How's it going? Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, I'm I'm doing well. Nothing like a quick pivot on the, uh, <laughs> the criteria for uh, an episode. Uh, Boy, oh boy, did we we do that that turnabout real quick? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I uh, I I I am weirdly mostly prepared for this episode just by happenstance. So uh, yeah, because I I've, I've spent the past like two months playing uh, almost three out of the four Arkham games uh, because I I've never once picked up a controller and played Arkham Origins, but yeah let's uh let's turn this mother out there we go and mr justin how's it going bud good good here i am here i be um i have played arkham uh arkham origins so you know we can we can uh talk about that that makes sense there's some some fun stuff uh of these games and uh i mean just talking to brandon about it i mean the, the whole idea with like all these riddler trophies i mean doesn't that give you guys like uh, anxiety? I don't know. Oh hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't think I ever found them all. No, it's I'm not I'm not good enough for that. I did. I fucking I fucking hate with every part of me. I hate <laughs> the fucking Riddler races that you have to do in Arkham Knight. I I cannot fucking stand them. That last one that I, oh my god, I. Uh, just gross. I 
I almost had a stroke. It. I sat there <laughs> for like, because like, legitimately, it's not the easiest thing in the world to control that Batmobile in the third game, uh, fourth game, whatever you want. Fucking Arkham Knight, we'll call it that. And it one when you're doing the this the races, this one particular race, you literally start driving like up on the side, and you have these things popping out of the floor and coming down from the ceiling. Yep. And you have to you have to navigate around them and it's not the same pattern every time. It's different each time you go through it. And you also have to approach like that side part with those jutting out uh structures with the right speed, the correct celerity. Because <laughs> if you don't, you're just gonna bloop and gravity or mavity if you're a Doctor Who fan does its thing. And um you got to start all over again. And I, I felt like Sisyphus for like, I'm going to say like, ha- like three days. And I know that doesn't sound like a long time in the great scheme yeah. of things, but when you are literally doing one fucking race to, su- to get a Riddler trophy. Oh yeah. It's like a minute and a half long race you know against the riddler's challenge there basically three days kids <laughs> i want you to think about that yeah, i, I commend not... you for sticking with that you know oh well that's the fun thing about not being on my adhd meds for <laughs> that amount of time is i hyper focused so you know that that became like i i was having you created night. the brandon time warp yep. <laughs> I, three I, uh... days late here <laughs> Yeah, I, I just kept doing it over and over again. I, I became I became a uh, second Barry from the Flash. <laughs> all of a sudden, I'm showing up with all kinds of pieces of Kryptonian tech wedged through my arms and shit. Like I know how to kill him. <laughs> all right, all right, Brandon, <laughs> relax. Just just have fun. It's a game. It's not just a game anymore. Wow, like Simon. <laughs> like Bop it. Uh, so uh just to go over real quick so uh the games we have uh, batman arkham asylum which was released in 2009 and as you mentioned before it was uh, written by paul dini and then uh after that we had arkham city which was 2011 uh both of those were released originally for the ps3 then uh arkham city lockdown in 2011 it's a mobile game. I don't know what that week. is. Uh, let's see. I think it was a mobile game. Unless that was the PSP one. Spinoff. Uh, yeah, first mobile game. And then Arkham Origins in 2013. Uh, Origins Blackgate. Looks like that yeah, was Yeah, Origins add-on. Blackgate was a uh, uh, handheld version. I want to say it was on the Vita or something. Yeah. Uh, Lockdown and- was a fighting game. There's there's one of them that was like an iPad game where you had to like like uh, tap on these circles and stuff in like certain orders. Oh yeah, was, that's it, probably it because I can see that the platforms are iOS and Android. Yeah, ex- exactly. I mean, I had it for the iPad, so. Yeah. Sorry, uh, continue. Oh, no worries, no worries. Uh, so, uh, 2015 was uh, Arkham Knight when that was released for the PS4 and PS5. Uh, well, actually, PS4, and oh, then yeah. la- later on for the PS5, and then Arkham Underworld in 2016, 
Arkham VR also in 2016. Arkham Underworld, huh? Yeah. Uh, let's see. That is oh, that was mobile only. Have have I, any of you guys played the VR? Um, I know. Yeah. What do you think? Is that right? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. V V VR is not uh, everything it's cracked up to be. Uh, you know, I think I think PlayStation, Sony, they they've done themselves a disservice uh, in in the actual hardware design of it um, because it's wired and it's difficult to move around with the wire coming out of the the headset as you're wearing it. If they had designed it in such a way where, you know, it basically connected wirelessly like like controllers do and what have you um, by putting something into, you know, connecting it uh, with a device that comes with it to the the unit, the the pla- you know, the PlayStation, then yeah, it w- it would be a much more seamless experience. But as it was, as I'm playing, I I had to be mindful outside of that of where this wire was you know and and i'm not talking about like the most confined space you just have to be certain that you're not gonna move and trip yourself up or or even pull on it too hard and you know yank it and destroy your your playstation or whatever um but you know i think like the only wire the really wired component of it should be the camera that you have to set up in order to be able to read your your movements uh for for how you you go along in the game um it was all right you know um i i got i played that i also got the iron man vr oh nice um yeah that one's trippy um because you like you fly and stuff in it and uh i will say this you should never from my my experience i'll say uh i will never play a vr game without my shoes on ever again um, especially if it involves flying, because uh, without realizing it, my toes were gripping the floor the whole time. Oh, jeez! Wow. Yeah. Um. I. It. It was. It was just instinct. That's pretty uh, crazy. Yeah. And um. After after the fact, like when I stopped, I was like, "What the fuck?" I was like, "Ah, you know." I was like, "Oh my god, I've been tr- I've been trying to make fists to grab the ground this whole time with my feet." Uh, sort of like uh john mcclane and in, in die hard yeah that's that's what i was thinking of when you, you know yeah that's how you get rid um, of jet lag <laughs> so i would i would say um you know if you play vr put put some knock arounds that you can wear in the house or whatever on and you'll fare much better for it you know uh what, crocs. <laughs> you know what the biggest fallback of the playstation vr is I mean, aside from the wired component, no. <laughs> uh, you, you can't use it while uh, driving your uh, Tesla truck. <laughs> you, haven't seen you, probably you probably can, though. I'm confused. What's this? Holy fuck. Uh, so there's uh, several pictures I've seen recently. Uh, one is uh, some dude using the new Apple VR device while driving his uh, Tesla pickup truck. So, you know, the Apple VR where it's like AR, so you can like type in midair and stuff like that and use gestures. Uh, So he's driving his... Do not hit 
yeah truck in front of me <laughs> uh he has his tesla truck on autopilot and you just see him going down the highway with the apple glasses on typing in midair because that's that's what we need is you know to eliminate the uh the time between home and work so we can just have work <laughs> yeah really boo <laughs> i said boo Hold on. I think I found it. I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Welcome to uh, welcome to the future. Welcome to planet Earth. I don't like it. Let's go back to 1988. <laughs> <laughs> this place sucks. Oh, God, no. And Oh, yeah. And he's naturally um, an athlete. <laughs> Wow. I oh yeah, look at that. His his small child is in the car with him. <laughs> oh no, no. Uh no, I was kidding. Over. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, did he get pulled over? He got pulled over, yeah. He's like, uh, these are skiing goggles, officer. Why the fuck would you do Jesus? What an asshole. Yeah, no, seriously. That's that puts like literally everybody on the road at risk. Like, I don't think I don't even think that's funny. Like that dude is a fucking dickhead. And I hope they I hope they like put significant oh. fines against him and shit. They're, oh. They probably don't have anything other than uh, driving while obstructed vision. You know, something like that that they could do. They're going to need to change laws. if That's, that's that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the case. What, what, what the fuck is this? Yeah, uh, not just uh, an Apple VR spotted uh, on a subway. This is a nightmare. This is a dystopian nightmare. Well, this what, is your ready working, player one. Working with Apple Vision Pro while on the subway? Dude, no. Stop working. You're not at work. Like, <sighs> I've really got really to add this extra line of code to my, my game about this guy who slices fruit. <laughs> It's gonna be amazing. This we we've become a South. All Park this, show. all this, all this, all this high tech stuff out there, guys, and um, you know, it's it's making it so the the worker bees are are just making all kinds of stuff for uh, the the queen bees, which you know, there's far more of us than there are of them, uh, and it, it's gonna be hilarious when. At some point here in America, in probably the near future, uh, we come up with the decidedly low-tech option. Uh, the low-tech option being one that we've seen before, uh, employed by the French. It's called a guillotine, and um, <laughs> we're gonna see uh, a lot of you people doing. Day by Rush. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be doing their best impression of the Queen of Hearts from Alice in Wonderland. Not from uh, the Juice Newton classic. Yeah, I am. Playing with the queen, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna fucking happen. Like, it, it, we're, we're, we are reaching a let them eat cake scenario. It's not gonna be good. No, I mean, not, not for us. Like, we're not, we're we're not the, the folks doing it. It's, it's the, it's the people who just legitimately keep treating all of us who work to just live our lives to survive to you know as though we're we're all each individual profit centers for them 
that's yeah. I mean, that's that's like the exact uh, theme of uh, Ready Player One. Mm. You know, kind of. But I I I, I envision uh, a lot more actual uh, death and dismemberment. Yeah, there's not much there, so you know, I can I yeah. can see there being a little bit more than none. Yeah, I think I think I think uh, in the real world, <laughs> people are people are legitimately going to be hurt and lose their lives. I'm not saying like yay. I'm just saying I it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I, yeah. you know, um, it, it's interesting too. Like we're talking about video games and kind of like the video game impact on things. I know besides Arkham, like Arkham in the Arkham series has had its own comic book, but Batman's been in Fortnite. You know, I'm I'm sure there's got to be like some sort well, of Minecraft, but there's Lego Batman, like all these sort of games like that. Well, not only Fortnite. Um, so he he was a skin in Fortnite, but they also made the Batman Fortnite uh, miniseries comic. Yeah. Yep. The comic. You know, Fortnite and. Um, it's it's. I was just wondering if you guys were aware. Like, are there any video game themed Batman uh, villains? You know how there was like Film Freak, and you know there's there's Bookworm and stuff like that. Is that one thing they have not touched on yet? Yeah, I. I, I or or say. maybe maybe I guess the Riddler from the Minotaur's uh, one on that uh, that Batman the animated series episode, right? Where with the giant flying hand and all that. This that, way I, to the eating. Are you place. talking about a video game themed <clears throat> character or a character yeah. from like yeah. a video game a video game themed villain? Exactly. Yeah, I don't think there is. Yeah. Like no, there, there there was like that. Well, it's not really a video game though. It's like a uh techno junkie uh during the Tinian run, I think. Um that was that was more like like with a punchline too, also like a, a social media sort of uh, character, yeah. which which was um, uh, punchline, which just made me hate the character even more. Yep, same you know, here. No, what an unlikable was... clod of a character. I th I think both of those characters came out about the same time. It was around Fear City, right? Yeah, and Clown Puncher and <laughs> let's yeah, yeah, Clown Puncher. Puncher. It, it's it's so funny too because it's like this guy is like you can't even argue right now that he's not the biggest hottest writer in all of comic books right now. And it's like his and I'm like, what what is this a joke to you? You know, I'm like <laughs> this is the same guy that wrote Batman Falling to Earth from Space. No, that's that's Zadarsky. <laughs> okay. He's Just making the, sure he's, one of the, he's up there, I think, with with the hottest writers right now. But Tinian, man, I think he just won another award for uh, was it a, a house on the lake? It's I a DC know. series. Sure. To be I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you. But uh, something's killing the children. You know, he does that, but. You know, we, we often bring up his his detectives comics run, but his his Batman run I think was a lot uh, more unceremonious than the uh, Tom King run, which we've already referenced at the beginning of this episode. So unless you edit it out, and I look like an asshole. Thanks a lot. That's uh, you know, I'm pretty sure we can leave it in, and you'd still look like an asshole. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, like, oh, sure, the guy that brings up Thomas Wayne is the jerk. And that's. <laughs> No, I, I I don't think that there's a, a I just kind of did a quick search and I don't think that there's a video game themed villain. So yeah, that 
<laughs> Don't nobody tell Chip. <laughs> yeah, you've you've put it into the ether, so expect that by the by Q1 of 2025, I'm sure. Who would be the worst possible writer for this? <laughs> it's like, Zdarsky. oh, wow, it's Pong. Okay. <laughs> Someone made it, and it's Pong. Okay. <laughs> and he's got the henchman, you know, who's like left paddle, right paddle. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Are you a fan of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic books? Then Epic Tales from the Sewers is a podcast for you. We cover the comic books, video games, movies, cartoons, and anything else turtle-related. We talk about the toys, we talk about the cereal, we talk about all the fun things about turtles that we love so much. So give a listen. You can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and more. Check out Epic Tales from the Sewers, part of the Epic Airways podcast network give a listen dudes cowabunga is this podcast for you <laughs> it'd be nice if you could actually get somebody who knows anything about programming involved yeah know. that'd be good um you know don't don't do this stanley pseudoscience throw things in there because they're sort of kind of buzzwords you know, you know I, what i would I, do I would do someone who's stealing um, money, like maybe he's stealing cryptocurrency so he can fund the um, the production of his own video game platform. That's what I would do. That's his villain arc. You know, it's funny. Uh, you know what? Um, I just realized not in the comic books, but there actually was kind of a video game themed villain for DC. Over this past year, Brother Blood in Titans. Oh, he was video game themed. He was a video game developer slash designer, and he, you know, kind of gets exposed to his demonic lineage, and he uses the video game to like. It's sort of like his wish fulfillment thing, but also that's how he enthralls uh, people all over the planet. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, huh. I, I, I completely forgot about it until just now. Like as soon as you you said like, oh, somebody developing crypto and all that, like that's that's what Brother Blood was in Titans in the live action Titans show in the last season. Oh, OK. With yeah. the um, I, I was thinking about that show earlier when we were talking about Jason Todd, and I was like, I've never seen an actor with a more punchable face. Yeah, than which the- is exactly what made him perfect to play yeah. Jason Todd. Yeah, he wasn't I, a bad actor at all. I just I just wanted to hit him. You yeah, know? and that's how well he played the character of Jason Todd. Jason Todd is someone who you kind of want to punch in the face, which I, I've always felt was kind of the point of the character. Uh, yeah. In- you know, um, I don't even think Damien took as much heat as he did. No, definitely not. But here's the thing, like. Lesson learned from 1988 on DC's part. Oh, in yeah. Regards to Damien Wayne, because 
they're like, oh no, no, we're not going to give anybody the opportunity to to destroy this character. We made the decision to bring it in, so we're not giving the power to either leave this character in or take them out to anybody other than our writing staff and editorial staff. Like, yeah, you know, because the next time they did that was 1996, and that's how we ended up with Wolverine beating Lobo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just which which I mean really that's that's kind of a worse travesty than anything else you know i mean the 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 worst part about that particular throwdown as minuscule as it was within the pages of marvel versus dc dc versus marvel for me personally and for brandon powers was like you could have labeled that full on like my experience reading it with like finally Wolverine versus Lobo. Two psychopaths enter. One Brandon leaves because he doesn't give a shit. Like <laughs> I, Brandon leaves. Yeah, because like I didn't, I didn't, I did not care. It, like, and that, but for all my, for all my not giving a flying fuck about that particular showdown, uh, when I saw Wolverine's hand come up from the bar and then grab the lit cigar, I was like, that is, that seems incorrect <laughs> like <laughs> and like i'm not someone who had a dog in that fight who cared at all i'm just you know somebody who looking just at the two characters i'm like i i really have a hard time truly to this day believing that push comes to shove wolverine beats lobo uh, you know and like that i'm not disparaging either character and wolverine has had you know several Far more instances, I will say, where I've enjoyed his character than Lobo in the comic books. 100 um, percent. I I've read numerous books where Wolverine's character is very interesting to me and is important to the story that is taking place. Lobo, I cannot say the same thing for myself. Like I could take or leave him 99 percent of the time. But reading that book, I was just like, I, I, I think the like literally immortal guy is probably going to come out on top here like just saying like i feel i feel like like one of the good books with with lobo would be like lobo versus the mask like that was one where it's like oh okay this is this is kind of like this makes sense i don't think i ever read that it's it's uh it's quite good actually and it's funny on how it ends uh, just real quick, I did find this. Uh, so Jim Lee created a character, uh, Sin Zhu, which was developed by UBI uh, Soft Montreal. He was intended for the video game, uh, but he ended up uh, turning up into the comics. Looks like this uh, is this is for the PlayStation One game, isn't it? Or was it PlayStation Two? Because um, I played that game. Yeah, it looks like uh, reception meant that he fell by the wayside. Let's see. Yeah, this was the uh, the second second game because they had a first one. And I think it was called like uh, Batman. I, I don't know if this was Dark Victory or or if it was before that, but it was like a Batman the animated series game that had come out, and then this was familiar. kind of like a follow up to that, and it it really wasn't as in depth as the first one. Any, any, any. 
So yeah, anywho. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty interesting. So yeah, I mean we're we're coming up with a blank. Like there's no, but that's that's how I would write him. I would write him as he wants to complete his magnum opus video game, you know, and whether it's a platform or something else, he's gonna do it by stealing money. And um, you know, his his crimes would all be the video game themed. Yeah, Batman, just don't... who's a lot of touch, wouldn't know what to do. So, you know, Damien, who's younger, would be like, oh, what are you talking about? That's Fortnite. Or, oh, what are you talking about? That's that's a Minecraft thing. So that's how I would I would spin it. Have have be like Michael Keaton, Batman, where he's like tr- trying to rewind a CD by spinning it back by hand. It's like, no, that's that's not how that <laughs> yeah. works, Bruce. I want to tell, tell you about lasers. That's not how lasers work. Uh, like, even as a kid, I was like, what the fuck is he doing? Like... <laughs> cds are not records this is stupid (laughs) we we were poor we didn't know that so i feel like i feel like bruce wayne should (laughs) bruce wayne should know this at the very least like the guy can calculate whether or not he can use somebody's like a grappling gun with somebody else's added weight to get away from something but like the second you put a cd in his bat themed cd player he's like oh let me rewind this alfred he would never need to use trigonometry so <laughs> yeah, well, erroneous. <laughs> I also, I also told my math teacher it was never going to matter if I knew what parallelograms were. But boy, is my face red now that it's coming up how often that I, that information is going to be useful this parallelogram season. <laughs> I, I I can picture it now. Riddle uh, Riddler coming up with uh, video game themed, you know, riddles. All your blank are belong to us. I can't exactly, exactly. So that would be the one where where Bruce is like, "Oh, I know this one." You know, it's like I just, as long as they do, they wouldn't make the villain like the lawnmower man. <laughs> I was thinking of that when you said about the uh, VR helmet. Yeah, like, as was long like, as it's as long as it's not the... a uh, chimpanzee. And... Yeah, as as long as we don't have that, I think we we. It'd be one for the wind column, at least edging towards the wind column. Cause, uh, yeah, that. I want Stephen King to to write a story on how the lawnmower man died in the internet, you know, because it was such a fetid place. (laughs) I mean, I don't know if you've ever read the short story, The Lawnmower Man, uh, or you know any of the story behind that movie, but Stephen King sued them to take his name off that movie. (laughs) Oh, wow. They, it was originally Stephen King's The Lawnmower Man. And it was so fucking terrible and veered so far from the like seven page short story he wrote that he was like, you need to take my name off this movie and off all the marketing. It is fucking terrible. And he won. And uh, even a sequel. Yeah, especially the sequel. <laughs> I, don't even think War. Jeff, I don't even think Jeff Fahey did the sequel. Nope. It was. uh, uh What's his name? Oh my God, uh, Matt Frewer. Oh, well, that makes sense. Oh yeah, it makes all the crazy. sense in the I'm world. Right. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they shot it in Canada. That's how it makes sense. Lewinsky, <laughs> get in here. <laughs> is it terrible um, that I enjoyed that movie? Which is the second one? The first one. Oh, I like the first one too. Yeah. I, I, I like Jeff Fahey. What can I say? I mean, I like Jeff Fahey. I like Pierce Brosnan. I don't like that fucking movie. I do own it. Uh, it's it's one of those things where it's like, I mean, how could I, how could I not own this? I I mean, I even played the Super Nintendo game. Uh, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I. God, that game is fucking awful. Just, 
It's so yeah, it's, yes. it's weird. The the short story, it, it's like it's literally like some dude shows up and he's like a lower tier god and shows up and starts naked eating the grass clippings shooting out of the lawnmower and then tears a dude apart who owns the house and leaves his body parts all strewn about the yard and like that's the lawnmower man oh okay it has nothing to do with anything that was in that fucking movie they they have a scene where job kills someone like that with a lawnmower and the cops show up and it's like that right there is the only segment of the entire movie that bears any resemblance to the short story written by Stephen King. That's it. Huh? That's yeah. weird. But I will say like a f- several years ago when I was still working in the office uh, before the pandemic hit, um, something happened with all of our, our desk phones and where, you know, my entire department, all of a sudden every single phone in the office started ringing simultaneously and everyone was like, what the hell? And in my cubicle, I just go, Oh no, I've seen this horror movie. We're all going to die. <laughs> and, uh, don't pick it up. <laughs> yeah. A few people, you know, chuckled quite hard at that. And like, I was like, this is, that was the best thing I think I could have said at that point. Cause I, I, I think I'm, I'm a hundred percent positive that I was the only person in the room that was actively thinking of the lawnmower man when it occurred i'm usually the only person in the room thinking actively or otherwise of the lawnmower which, uh, which is yeah and that's including um, jeff fahey and pierce brosnan like oh, they jeff were in fahey the movie has moved on yeah like yeah not by much but he moved no. on like, but, i feel know, bad because yeah that that's definitely a movie like you could tell he was like this is gonna this is gonna do it for me i'm finally yeah. finally gonna fucking break through to the other side and, and be the the big name i want to be all right uh, mr fahey Here's your big chance. Dark What's man crazy too. too? Like, look at, look at, look at the two fucking lead dudes in that movie. Like, two incredibly handsome Irish guys. Like, get the fuck out of here, Jeff Fahey. Like, with those those piercing blue eyes, man. Like, I'm a straight dude, and like, I'm I'm like, I would, I think I would date you, dude. <laughs> like, and then by the end of that movie, it's like, oh, so many poor decisions were made <laughs> along the course of production here. Well, he, uh, not, he did uh, end up in uh, was it Django Unchained or Hateful Eight? I think it's Hateful Eight he was in. Maybe I don't know. I'm not a oh, fan. Oh, definitely. Yeah, movie. no, he's he's in he's in it with uh, Tarantino. So oh yeah, I'm just saying like I don't I don't really care for that movie. I don't think it was. Uh, oh, I, it's good. it's my least favorite of all the Tarantino movies is Hateful yeah. Eight. So yeah, I think it's uh, that. Yeah, I can I can agree with that. It is a very that movie is masturbatory. Um like for real i that he was very very satisfied with his own cleverness and that movie did not need to be as long as it was oh really it really didn't um yeah that's i mean that's great that he had so many people that were willing to be part of an ensemble cast for for a movie like that but um i i literally i watched it once and that was enough i was like never again i would i you know it doesn't exist and i pretend that bone tomahawk is that movie yeah (laughs) yeah i'm 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 sure i'm sure uh i mean god what a (sighs) bone had to bring up bone tomahawk (laughs) that's a hard watch guys that is a very hard watch (laughs) 
<laughs> Let me just say it. Someone... I'm not like I own the movie, yeah. and and like it came up somehow. I, I not too long ago, and Dara was like, "Oh, have I? I've, I've seen that, right?" I'm like, "No, you fucking haven't." Yeah. And she was like, "I haven't." I'm like, "Honey, if you saw Bone Tomahawk, there's no way in on God's green earth." That you'd be sitting here saying, I think I've seen it. No, <laughs> you know you've seen it if you've seen Bone Tomahawk. Yep. And she was like, why? And then I was like, okay, let me explain to you. Oh, no. No, she's ruined. <laughs> Very briefly, why you would absolutely know if you've seen this movie. And I was like, you ever see somebody in a cave? being held captive and then stripped naked and then while they're upside down being split in half by being hacked with a made hatchet, a handmade hatchet down the middle. She was like, what? And I was like, have you seen that? <laughs> Cause you never forget it. <laughs> she was like, no, I'm like, you don't have to, you never will because you're married to me. This is how much I care about you. The real like, hero. Forget Batman. I, I watched it so hero. you don't have to. Yeah. We uh we had an advanced uh screening of that. And... Oh no. <laughs> Did you watch that with your wife? No, 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 no. Uh, I watched it and I I want to say we had somebody from the movie we had on the show. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh that's why we had an advanced screening on it. That is uh, my number one favorite Matthew Fox performance of all time. Really? It's not uh, Racer X in Speed Racer? No, no, but that's that's a good one, too, that you mentioned. But that's Speed, uh, ha-ha. Not, not... <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, just real quick, I think I found the character that we've been looking for. Oh, uh, okay. Is it Snowflame? No. So oh. uh, apparently Batman made a very minor appearance in uh, Freakazoid. Freakazoid, chimpanzee. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, Underwear. So, uh, I think Bat I have that on Voodoo. Freak of me. <laughs> so Batman, uh, he makes a cameo in the episode Dance of Doom uh, for the DC Animated Universe design. In, he's only in silhouette form. He has no voice lines, and the narrator concludes that Batman is unable to help because Freakazoid is on another network. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, let's see something about Danny Elfman's theme played. Yeah, that's really funny. That Danny Elfman's uh, Batman 1989 theme plays during this scene. Oh, cool! Yeah, because that that at that point in time, it was uh, Batman the the animated series on Fox, Fox Kids. Yeah. And, and then after that, you get you get when it went over to WB. It was the New Adventures of it Batman, and, Batman Robin. and Robin, yep, or uh, or Batman and Superman, I guess. After that, well, it was the New Adventures of Batman and Robin, then Superman the Animated Series, then Justice League, then Justice League Unlimited. But they also they also had a Batman Superman show. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was. Uh. It was a thing. Yep. You know, it was fun. You know, we but was all in good fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I wanted to get us back on track for video games. So um, sure, I know we're going to be talking about the Arkham games, but just want to uh, add real quick: the first Batman video game was released in 1986 for uh, PC, 
Oh wait, hold on, hold on. Yeah, the new bat quote new Batman Superman adventures was not really new. They were, um, they repeat. Yeah, they were repeat singlet episodes yeah. from Superman the animated series, uh, and uh, the original or the original Batman the animated series run, um, or. Or a brand new story featuring only Batman from the new Batman adventures, from the new adventures of Batman and Robin. So, really, Superman was, his involvement was tangential. Uh, They were recycling Batman and Superman stuff, and then they were using it to push forward the new designs for, for Batman. Two seasons this ran. Man, talk about double dipping. Well, I think Batman Beyond was on at that time too. So, you know, yeah. Oh wow! It's, oh wow! It was so it was so long ago that Tara Strong was was still being credited as Tara Charendoff. The um, and, and that's funny. I didn't realize this. Tara Strong on uh, on the new Batman Superman Adventures. Uh, she she was. Not Harley Quinn. But she's Batgirl, right? She's Barbara Gordon Batgirl. I did yeah. not realize that. That's interesting. That's uh, a great voice, too, uh, for, for Barbara Gordon. Yeah, well. And I know she, she is in the Arkham games as Harley Quinn. So, you know. Yeah. She, she's, a, she. I mean, she, she's great. Oh, wait, she's Melissa all... Gilbert was the first uh, Barbara Gordon, though. Was she? Yeah. Huh. I remember because that surprised me. I was like, wow, Little House. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, have you ever have you ever met Tara Strong? Have you ever like face to face or anything? No, no. She is itty bitty. Is she really? Oh yeah, she and she and my wife are the same size. Um, Dara is also a uh, five foot one, uh, curvaceous squeak. <laughs> like hi, <laughs> like okay. Um, yeah, she they 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 when they they we've seen met her a couple of times. And it's all it always amuses the hell out of me when we walk up and get something signed or whatever, because Dara loves the Powerpuff Girls. Oh, nice. And, yep. and Bubbles was her favorite character, and that's who Tara Strong voiced. And um Tara Strong wears like heels uh when she's at cons or whatever. But regardless, like the two of them standing next to one another, I'm like, <laughs> neither one of you would be allowed on fair rides. How much fun is it when you go Dara, Tara, Tara, Dara? Oh, I know, I know. It, it, it's uh, it is kind of funny though. Like when we when we've seen her, because uh, especially after Dara started dying her hair purple, she's like, "I love your hair." <laughs> like, my God, this is ridiculous. Well, like, she resembles her uh, My Little Pony persona, Tara Strong and Dara Powers. I'm like, this just sounds like the beginning of a really cheesy comic book strip do you do solve mysteries <laughs> right the strong powers detective agency boo <laughs> Brandon, you might be onto something there i mean you could have a <laughs> wb show <laughs> <laughs> could i though <laughs> no they it would be them so wb it'd, it'd be like charmed and you'd be the husband but you'd be like in the back and you're like they're gonna fridge me aren't they <laughs> they're gonna fridge me Oh God! I now I know what Kyle Rayner's girlfriend felt like. She was fridged. <laughs> <Say anything. laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's it's, true. It's, it's the reason that term exists. 
Gail Simone saw uh, that. Leo, you were you were showing us a picture of that original 1986 PC game Batman a little bit. Looked oh like God. ColecoVision or show something. Show us. Show us. Yeah, let me uh, do it. Do it. Do some more. Do it very slowly. Oh, where did it go? Ooh, fancy. Cool looking Ooh. box. Yeah, the, I was going to say the, the artwork on the box is probably the best thing about oh, yeah. it. Yeah, that game looks like dog do. Yeah, uh, yeah, 86 for the ZX Spectrum CPC. Man, I don't know. I don't know about that. Like, it, I don't it know. It's like... no Rita Rabbit, but I'll give it a shot. <laughs> uh, this one I did have. Um, this came out in, let's see, Batman. This one's on the floppy disk. Oh, yeah, definitely came on floppy. And it was a side-scrolling adventure. Uh, pretty basic. And press this... the arrow keys to move forward yeah. or backwards and the up key to jump. <laughs> and then you're like, press the K to kick and press the G to punch. What? <laughs> Why not P? Listen, kid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, P's where were you? Over there. Design stage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so this one came in 86. Uh, but then shortly after, we were graced with Batman the video game for nes ah mm -hmm. uh, yes the bane oh, wait, of no. my old existence <laughs> and it was also not good <laughs> i think yeah, i had good music yeah i i think the return of the joker was was essentially like a sequel to um the movie and um, it was kind of weird. It's like, oh, wait a minute. I saw the movie. How could this happen? Yeah, I love that fucking game. <laughs> nice. I kind of went into a trance there. <laughs> yeah, I um 1990 that was it out, so. blew me away because the funny thing is I didn't there was some stuff for the Batman mythos at that point in time when I was a kid, when I was a little kid that I just didn't know some things. And uh, especially in relation to Batman, the movie, because that's what that video game for NES was. It was supposed yeah. to be the video game version of what we saw in the cinema, uh, essentially, you know, just continuing in that same sort of world. Um, I did not realize some of the stuff in it. Like uh, there's this one villain that you have to fight, like one of the boss fights and like he's flying and he, you know, he has, he keeps swooping down and you have to like, and I'm like, I don't remember this in the movie at all, but whatever. Yep. Uh, for years I had I just never really thought about it. Uh, and it wasn't until I was an adult where I was looking up and I was like, Oh, that game, man, you know, let me just look up a speed run on it or whatever and, and watch someone beat it. That's fun. And uh, they were like, yeah, so this is what you do when you have to go up against Firefly. And I was like, go up against who? What? That was fucking Firefly? 
oh my fucking god like <laughs> it just it blew my mind that they pulled just firefly. never thought of it right yeah they pulled firefly and threw him in this video game and it, i was just like of course that's firefly. he, he would have fit perfectly in that world yeah and i mean um, you do fight him in um you do fight him in arkham knight yeah yeah I, absolutely um but like it just it it just blew me away that i i, I couldn't tell you like the first time i ever be, really became aware of the character the villain um but not having you know you get to 16 17 18 years old and you start thinking back on video games you haven't played in 10 years especially because the system is like defunct yep exactly and it's like oh man little kid me was so stupid that guy sucked no accounting for taste i guess well, you also have years that you're building on of things that you've read and stories and all oh, that yeah. media because he did show up in the new adventures of uh, Batman and Robin. It's when you, you saw Firefly. Mm-hmm. So I think he showed up a second time with uh, Roxy Rocket. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> now, I'm, I'm curious, uh, Leo, what you were pulling up there. Did Sunsoft make the Return of the Joker game that was a sequel to that? Uh, let me pull it up. Hold on a second. And my apologies. The first Batman in 89 was for Commodore 64 and 90 was the actually 89 was the NES as well. So it came out for the Commodore 64 NES. 90 was the Game Boy. Uh, There was a PC Engine one, which it was a Pac-Man like Batman game. Yeah, it's, it's okay. No one's using this to uh, credit a uh, academic paper, Leo. So it's all right. <laughs> you know. Uh, so yeah, Sunsoft did make the Batman Return of the Joker for oh. both NES, Genesis, and Game Boy. I thought that was one of the ones that was actually considered the best uh, of the early games. Yeah, it says gameplay is heavily inspired by Mega Man and Contra. Oh, that explains it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the first game. Uh, definitely has a contra feel to it. One hundred, one hundred percent has a contra feel to it. Yeah. Um. I I never played Return of the Joker. I I actually don't think I ever actually beat Batman. Um. When I when I owned it as a kid, it was it was just one of those ones to get to the very end was was very difficult, especially as an eight or nine year old kid. Get to um, get you a Raspberry Pi maybe, and uh, you know, uh, emulator and go at it or uh just go to youtube and watch someone else do it because i don't have that kind of fucking time <laughs> oh yeah see i don't i don't do that I, I don't know why that just doesn't appeal to me it does appeal to me that you know and and, and it's uh i'm not a youtube guy though you know oh i mean i'm not saying i'm Check a YouTube show guy. On youtube I mean, yeah, I'm not I'm not saying I'm like a big youtube guy either although i mean i do like watch a lot of stuff on youtube now um, but that that was mostly sort of like induced by the pandemic. Uh, it was it just became like another option for viewing. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of different creators out there for a lot of different types of content. So, you know, you kind of find find the flavors of the stuff that you like and, you know, via con Dios. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm more of a not- listener, you know, than uh, sit and watch something, you know. Well, it depends on certain things like uh for the past 
couple of months, I've really enjoyed uh, these two British guys uh, who do a lot of foodstuffs. Um, and the, they have two channels. Uh, one is called Jolly, and the other is called Korean Englishman. Um, Korean Englishman is the first channel that they started. Josh and Ollie are their names. That's why the second channel is called Jolly. Oh, okay. And, and um, Dara and I have been watching like uh the Jolly ones. They're they're a lot of fun. Um, uh, they they get like different types of foods from different places. Um, expose people to uh things that they wouldn't have normally had before. Like uh. One of the, my favorite things, this is how I, I found out who they were. They um, would go to uh, a British um, like middle slash high school, uh, an all boys school, and they would bring, it'd be like uh, British middle schoolers try American, you know, try uh, Southern fried chicken for the first time. And they'd bring them uh, like Popeye's chicken or, or uh, try Wendy's for the first time. Well, how did it go? <laughs> Um, it really depends on the kid. <laughs> like they have like, like six to eight different kids. They set them up in like pairs, um, and, and set, you know, have them set up. Like, I think one of my favorite, my favorite ones in, in that like kind of Southern type deal they were doing was, uh, biscuits and gravy because the kids would be like, they were looking at that. What? That's not a biscuit. That's a scone. Oh yeah, because they they think a biscuit is a cookie. Yeah, and and then they're like, and uh, that's not gravy because that's white and chunky. What the hell is that? And then you know that Josh and Josh and uh, Ollie would be like, oh, that's that's sausage gravy. Like, cool, but why is it white? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> uh, and the headmaster, he's a, he's a riot because like he he's he's just a cool cat. Um, he's a cool guy and. Uh, especially when they they have he'll try the stuff too they brought them like taco bell uh they've had they've had like american cereals stuff like that um and then they themselves have gone on like tours here in america where they've they've tried out like different places for different types of food <laughs> one of so my favorite ones like guy fieri kind of i mean they only do like their videos are only like 10 to 15 minutes long and um it's really like it's not about showcasing like small places it's about like exposing themselves to something that they've never ever tried before like um they go to a bucky's and one of their american yeah (laughs) and they they just like they're they're like i can't believe this is a petrol station (laughs) (laughs) you know uh they went to trader joe's for the first time they go out they went out to the parking lot it's like nine o'clock at night and they're just like mowing down a bunch of the stuff they bought at Trader Joe's. It's it's a riot. Like they're 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 very cool cats. And uh it's it's kind of cool because uh the other thing they do, like I said, is Korean Englishmen, and they've actually had quite a few celebrities uh on the Korean Englishmen. Uh Ryan Reynolds did a thing with them oh, for wow. Korean Englishmen uh for Deadpool too. Um and uh what the the whole thing is uh one of the two guys josh he's he's married to um a a a woman named gabby cook who she is um she i think i think she might be korean um but she was a runner-up on master chef and yeah and um his he speaks fluent korean 
And that's why they go to Korea all the time. And his, his background, like his grandfather is Chinese or something like that. But like, I mean, he, he and Ollie are just like full blown, you know, Brits. Um, but yeah, it, the, it's a lot of fun. And that's the kind of stuff that like, you know, I can get behind on, on YouTube. Um, I also found I recently, uh, I don't know if you guys have checked it out on Amazon, but, uh, has been hotel, the new animated series. No. Nope. Okay. You should check it out. It's pretty good. I mean, it's very, it's very adult. It's very mature. Um, but it takes place in hell. And it's all about uh, this girl, Charlie Morningstar. She's the princess of hell, the daughter of Lucifer. Uh, and she actually like starts a hotel uh, with the help of the radio demon Alistair to redeem demons in hell that maybe want to try to be better and maybe make their way into heaven by through redemption. Like just be learning how to like be better people in the afterlife, huh. you know? And um, it's sort of it's sort of got like the good place feel to it, but it's it's raunchy. <laughs> like I, it's re- you talked about that one in the past too. Yeah. Yeah. And um, but funny enough, the the creator of it, um, Vivian Medrano, uh, she has a YouTube page called Vivzy Pop, and she actually has another show that takes place in that same world of has been hotel called hell of a boss. And, um, the, the main character blitz is voiced by, uh, this guy, Brandon Rogers, who I happen to know from the very first YouTube thing. I, I ever like went out of my way to watch called Ma- uh, magic Funhouse. He's, he's insane. Like he is hilariously and delightfully insane. Uh, and, like Dara and I have been working our way through uh, now that we watched the first season of has been hotel that premiered recently on Amazon. Uh, we're watching hell of a boss and one episode comes out like every two months on YouTube for that. And it's, it's fucking great. Um, one of the other guys on the show, one of the voices, and I think he helps like run stuff on it is um, crap. I can't remember the actor's name, but uh, the voice of Zim from invader Zim. Oh, uh, uh, Horowitz. Yeah, yeah, him exactly. Um, the small dude there, but yeah, he uh, he's the voice of uh, Blitz's like second in command at their little agency in the show, and he actually is like the the voice director, I think, or something like that for for the show as well. Um, and that's like that's all based off of YouTube. Like she made a pilot for Hasbro Hotel. Four years ago, five years ago in 2019. Oh, wow. And it got a hundred million views. And eventually, like Amazon and A24 said, Hey, we want to produce this as a show. And boom, they finally got it made and released it this year on, on Amazon Prime. Wow. That's that's great. That's yeah. really cool. It's just that's that's one of the you know, that's one of the cool things about about YouTube, you know, like when you look at like actual cool creative stuff and not just you know people going on to you know see if they can do speed runs of you know batman arkham knight (laughs) yeah Yeah, as as um as we talk about this we're actually watching leo um watch on youtube a uh speed run of 
Batman Arkham uh, Asylum. Batman Arkham Asylum. And just just looking at this, it's in 4K. It's gorgeous. Like the the voice acting on this was something else because it was it was uh, you know all the main characters were voiced from uh, Mark Hamill and uh, uh, Kevin Conroy. And then yeah, you've, you've got like some of the other guys showing up, like Tara Strong. So, um, so actually, Arlene Sorkin uh, played. Oh, Harley. she did in the first one. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so original Harley Quinn too. But the the thing that that really got me about this one was the Killer Croc part. You know what? You, you've never seen Killer Croc as badass as you did when uh, you're fighting him in, in Batman: uh, Arkham Asylum. Yeah. That. That was done well too. Uh, they they tried they tried emulating that a bit in Arkham City with uh, going after the penguin. Oh yeah, uh, in the iceberg lounge where you had to uh, go over like the semi frozen water, uh, but there was a shark underneath. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, um, I will say the mechanics were better insofar as like getting around. Like you could you could hook and use like a raft. Uh, to to get around the water itself, but um, it was nowhere near as atmospheric and creepy and time consuming. Yeah, in a good way, um, as going through the the sewers underneath Arkham Asylum uh, and trying to not be attacked suddenly and uh, spontaneously by Killer Croc. Yeah. I, I it, love I mean, there's there's a lot and that was really good too. Like, but again, like even even like the Bane fight where you're kind of running from Bane or um the Mr. Freeze fight, it's it's still like okay, all of the like the first one was was Croc. And you're you're not gonna re recreate that. God, I just played all these games ad nauseum and I, I'm watching this and I just I want to go over to my PS5 right now and play Arkham Asylum. <laughs> and like guys, you know me, like I'm not like the biggest Batman fanatic, but I've said it many, many times. A good story is a good story. It doesn't course, matter. Yeah. You know, and, like, and the idea that it's the journey that you're going through, you know? Yeah, yeah. I I appreciate too the fact that I think Rock Steady did something that you know <laughs> this might sound weird but i think they did something they succeeded through video games uh in the same thing that christopher nolan i think failed in tried to tell a a, a finite story a beginning middle and end and I think they, I think they nailed it. In so far as like, yep, okay, he has his identity revealed. He manages to save everybody after all this bullshit. But he knows, like, okay, there's actually no saving me at this point. I'm, I'm done. And that's the end of Batman. Like that, that's that. He, he's revealed for who he really is, and that's not a bad thing. Like people can recognize, like, oh, Bruce Wayne was this guy that was trying to protect us. And holy shit, look at what happened to him as a kid. No wonder he became this vigilante. Uh, and from that moment on, like, you can just do, like, you know, fill in the blanks yourself. Choose your own adventure. Like, who's left after after Arkham Knight? You know? you, you Well, you with, have... with Arkham City, it was pretty interesting because you, you did have uh, Robin show up at one point. 
you know, so it was like, all right, that that was kind of cool. And there was other things like you, you'd go and have to find anarchy or you'd have to find. Um, well, I guess I guess he would find you, um, Asriel. Oh, there that's, a, that's, that's, Ar- that's, Ar- that's Arkham, Ar- Arkham Knight. Um, oh, Arkham Knight was Asriel. Yeah. Yeah. Asriel, uh, Nightwing, uh, Tim Drake, Robin. There's also uh, a, a jump scare with uh man bat, right? Uh, not just a jump scare. It's a mission. Yeah. With man bat. You actually have to, you have to find him initially. Um, and the, I mean, it, it is kind of a jump scare, uh, at first. But you you take on the mission and you have to go to like his his lab, find out exactly what it was he did to himself. You find his wife, who unfortunately he accidentally broke her neck when he transformed, uh, and then you have to concoct uh, you know a serum to bring him back to human form. Uh, and you but in order to do that, you have to like go after him, get another get a blood sample. So it's basically like three times you have to yeah, find him yeah. flying around. Uh, the Chinatown area of of Gotham City, and um, I think it would be triggered by doing certain missions and things like that. Then it's like, okay, it's enough time. Or well, if you if yeah, if you're in the area, because like Manbat stays in that particular section. So if you're going around doing your your gliding thing, um, it's a lot easier to have Manbat kind of swoop by you. You'll hear the, you know. Um, it's it's one of those instances where it's definitely beneficial to wear headphones. While oh the yeah, game. of course. That way you can hear it. Yeah. Um, I thought he was gonna go in that area with like thirty guys that you have to fight all at once. <laughs> I love that shit. I was I was actually just saying to Dara the other the other night um, that in these games, the the Arkham games, as well as um, I was I was actually talking about the spider-man games as well but i like him i like it more in the batman games you can you can do it a lot better a lot e- i shouldn't say easier but it's more involved there's more opportunities to do things i love stealth takedown oh yeah it's a lot of fun i will fucking i will sit there for 45 minutes to take down six dudes i do not give a shit i love it <laughs> like i that is a challenge that I truly, truly enjoy. I I wish that every single time I had to fucking fight people in Batman games, it was all takedowns. Like, like that's, to me, that's very much like a Metal Gear Solid thing too. Yeah, yeah, I've I've heard that. Um, but but Solid Snake isn't Batman, so I don't care <laughs> as much. Well, that that's also a, a big difference between Batman and the uh, the Spider Man games. Like, you can do stealth in the Spider Man games, but a lot of times it's just, you know, jump into the middle of things and just start, you know. Yeah, well, that's that's one of the things I was I was saying to Dara is, you know, if you if you when playing any of the Arkham games, if you're doing stealth takedowns, um, you even when it doesn't call to take down every single thug stealth, you can you t- if you want to take your time and do it, you you can. Um in spider-man when you go to like bases and stuff like that and you have to you can start doing stealth takedowns no matter what i tried i tried and i tried and i tried to just continue doing st- they have waves yeah. of thugs so no matter what no matter how stealthily you are moving when you get to the last guy in the first wave it's automatically you're gonna hear 
hey, Spider-Man's here. Let's get him. And that yeah. second wave is just going to pour yeah. out and there's no hiding. You have to just go down and start molly whopping everyone coming at you. Um, and like, that's fine because that's, that's the nature of that game. Um, you know, no need to, it's needlessly comparing it uh, to, to this in, in, in so far as those mechanics. But for me personally, I would gladly hide in those grates <laughs> under the under the floors and like Arkham. You have to love the shit. penguin uh, level then in oh, Arkham God. City. I, I, yeah. I, yeah, I, I love all of that. I, I love the having to sneak around. Like when they, when they, when you're playing like Arkham Knight and you're in the city and you start having like all these different drones and uh these these guys these thugs who are wearing like these antenna backpacks that obfuscate detective mode and everything i'm like oh yeah let's do this like i i I will i will gladly sit there and and do that forever i I just want that to be everything like just give me nothing but stealth moves and and i'll and i'll play i'll sit there and play it all day I, i felt like i played most of this game in stealth mode sometimes but if you you look at it like the artwork here in 4k you know, with like rain coming off the cowl and all that. It's gorgeous. It's an absolutely that's, stunning game. That's and how it I plays fun. That's how I replayed it. I got yeah. I I got them for for PlayStation 5. And I was like, fuck it. You know, you know what I mean? Like I'm I'm playing playing it on PlayStation 5. Uh it's return to Arkham Asylum, return to Arkham City. And uh, you know, I'm playing it on my 4K big screen TV, and I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> like, I'm like, I can see pores on Bruce Wayne's face. Yeah, that's it's crazy. Awesome. Do you have um, Do you have a favorite that you go back to between um, Arkham City and uh, Arkham Asylum, or do you just <sighs> love them equally? Oh, that's tricky. Um, I think I like. Um, I think I like Arkham Knight the most. Um, just because there's there's the most varied gameplay yeah, altogether. Um, but for finite, like closed world, Arkham Asylum is amazing. Yeah, yeah, I I don't disagree with that whatsoever. You know, I I like the other parts of City where you could play as Catwoman, and you know, um, and in in Arkham Asylum, like it's kind of cool because you could play as the Joker. Like I had the Joker download and all that, so. But City City was cool because it was like the first one where they actually gave us some different skins. Like, yeah. oh, that's kind of fun. But um, yeah. we, we were talking about Origins. You didn't get a chance to play Origins. Um, they actually had a multiplayer in that. That was pretty fun. And oh. um, they expanded upon that one in um, Arkham Knight with the multiplayer. And uh, where you can play as Batman and Robin or you can play oh, yeah. as like the, the bad guys and kind of go through. And um, one person plays as Batman, and it's kind of like the boogeyman. And uh, you basically try to do stealth takedowns to live people, which is very difficult. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. Oh, uh, <laughs> I, it's funny, Leo. You're you're playing the video for the uh, Arkham trilogy. Yeah. Uh, being released for Nintendo Switch. Uh, I've heard that it's fucking abysmal on yeah, the Switch. Is is just. Absolutely yeah, there terrible. it is. I was talking about the uh, yeah, yeah, the Joker, the, DLC, the Joker. Yeah, all the all the uh, skins there. Yeah, I have like all those skins. For, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. For, I, for and there's some that I play as, but I mean, like, I'll, I'll I don't know. What what's your guys' favorite skin? Do you have one? Uh, I go with the 1970s Neil Adams Batman. 
like blue yeah. and gray with the the yellow. And how about uh, you, Because that's my, that's a classic. Uh, I, if I had that one, I would have totally used that one. Uh, when I was playing originally, I think I just had the, I I used the sixty six. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's that's funny you say that because that's the skin I use for the Batmobile. Oh yeah, without a doubt, still my favorite Batmobile. Is is so. the sixty six? Uh, but like, it's so cool because like it's that sixty six inspired design, but it's on that fucking honking tank of a Batmobile. Oh yeah, I, I love it, Arkham Knight, and I'm just like, yeah, like you give me you give me the 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 Neil Adams design for batman and that batman 66 inspired design for the batmobile game over literally and figuratively <laughs> yeah i'm i'm a huge huge fan of the batman incorporated design where it has like the it's almost like a like a plaque that he has where it's yep. uh, like sir i love it it's it's got like these seams on it it's just a gorgeous suit yeah i i, I have that one as well um i also have the Oh, oh my wow, gaslight. God, my yeah. gaslight. I forgot about that. It looks pretty sharp. I have that one. Yep. Cool. New 52, which Dark is Knight now Returns. relevant. <laughs> I think I have was it the Dark Knight Returns or I think I have the BVS one as well. Oh, that's uh Batman Noel. Noel. So uh this video is going over by uh uh, it's 47 Batman suits. Holy crap. So this is Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, and Arkham Origins. This oh. one's close. Night of the Round Table, which we haven't covered yet. No, we will. We'll we'll get to it. That's a fun Elseworld. You know, and then there's that whole Dark Knights of Steel. Uh, I know. Too. Oh, Thrill Killer. Cool. <laughs> Thrill Killer. I always thought that the designs of Thrill Killer was better than the actual story for Thrill Killer. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. Like I thought that's half the fun of it. Mm. Because that's that's what the whole idea of uh, the Joker's daughter, Dula Dent, I think. Was it Dula Dent or was it? I, f I forget who it was at that point. Like, honestly, I haven't read Thrill Killer. In, like, I have it like close by somewhere. I just don't know. So where it is. long. My God, I'm. I wow. probably have I probably haven't read it in like 17 years. Brightest day, Batman. This was such See, a this, this is the thing is like I, I think it's fun to a certain degree when they include those like ring type, you know, inspired costumes. But if you don't have the ring powers, I don't fucking care. <laughs> like like ooh, I, some... I like the idea that, that Batman is is um you know crazy enough where he's like he's got the ring and he's not gonna use it because he doesn't want to waste the power. Ah, I you love know? the earth too, Batman. Yeah, that's pretty cool looking. Yeah, that, that guy looks like he drives around in the Batman sixty six Batmobile. <laughs> <laughs> I I was never a huge fan of the Injustice Batman look. No, like there's something either. about the cowl that the just cowl. Looks yeah, it, it, it's fucking odd, right? Yeah, it's it doesn't look good, you know. And I don't know, it's it's crazy. Yeah, um, I mean, great stuff, and and I mean, Scarecrow really being a I don't know, kind oh. of like a, a huge driving factor in Arkham Asylum. You know, Very Scarecrow cool. is just like, you're like, oh, it's a second tier bad guy. He's like, I don't know, man. Like, he literally ruined all of this stuff at the asylum. Yeah. And um, also, was it John Noble who voiced him? 
Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. From uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Fringe. Yes, yes. Uh, Dara loves the show. Fringe. I mean, I like the show Fringe too, but she has watched it like two or three times. Like, oh, wow. Yeah, we bought it on Blu-ray. Um, that's how much she enjoyed it. She bought it on Blu-ray, I should say. She bought it. Um, yeah, she she really she really did. I, I will say it is funny because Fringe takes place in Boston, in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And um, it there's numerous episodes that take place in towns and small cities around where I live, because I live in Brockton, Massachusetts. Uh, at one point in time, <laughs> this was fucking hilarious. They were chasing someone down, and they went to Stoughton, Massachusetts, which is like literally one town over from me. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, we're at the Stoughton Bridge, and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, the what? Fuck <laughs> you guys. There is no such animal like the Stoughton. And then they show it, and it's like like a big body of water. And I'm like, all right, listen, you're in Canada, and sometimes you just need to fucking not say specifically where you are just stop it like i know that new england and canada are almost interchangeable but no no that is unacceptable well, at very least maine is you know <laughs> <laughs> ah maine the deep south of the far north my uh, uh megan got so annoyed with me when uh we were watching mystic christmas oh was- it worked for you what's that I was just being shitty. Oh. So it doesn't work for us. I tried to watch it like a bunch of times. Oh, 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 it didn't work? No. We'll have that conversation later. Okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I kept on pausing it. I'm like, where are they? Where are they? And it's like, that doesn't exist. And it's, yeah. She, she, oh, uh, yeah. I mean, speaking about Connecticut, I mean, Dara and I have like. Yeah, that's the one right there. That's we decided to to watch the show Gilmore Girls on Netflix because I was like, "Fuck it, it's it's long and we'll buzz through it quick enough." And I was interested because uh, I really liked the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and I wanted to see oh, what yes, same writers, Amy, right? Amy Sherman Palladino and Dan, Daniel Palladino did previous, and it was it's been really interesting because there's a lot of people that were on Gilmore Girls that at one point or another worked their way through the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Um, like I didn't realize that the woman that plays the mother slash grandmother in Gilmore Girls is one of the matchmaking women in the marvelous Mrs. Maisel that Rose is like going up against adversarially in Maisel. Um, she also played baby's mother in Dirty Dancing. Uh, and she, but oh, she's, wow. the, yeah, she's the Italian matchmaking matchmaker. Um, and it, it actually, I, I said this to Dara recently. I was like, you know, it's kind of funny. Um, bef- we've been watching this and it was before they made any big announcements for casting in, in, uh, so far as, uh, Superman legacy, you know, we've been watching it for several months now. Um, and we're, we're just coming up like to the middle of season six, there were seven seasons. And, um, as we all know, at this point, uh, Rachel Brosnahan, who played, uh, Midge Maisel on the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, she's been cast as Lois Lane in Mm -hmm. James Gunn's Superman legacy. Um, but as we were watching Gilmore girls to start, especially, 
I I kept saying to Dad, I was like, you know, it's fucking crazy, but you know, if they were really truly trying to find someone at that point in time to not play just like a continuation of the character, but a new iteration, uh, Lauren Graham would have been fucking amazing to play Lois Lane in a Superman movie, like in yeah. 2005, 2006. Uh, and then like they kept putting her in like purple and stuff too. And I'm like, she looks just like the, and, and also she's like nice and headstrong and, but also like stubborn like this, this is 100% like how I would picture a modern Lois Lane. And then of course they ended up going with like Superman returns and then eventually man of steel is just completely different. Uh, probably the closest you get to that type, that Lorelai Gilmore type that Lauren Graham played was Erica Durant in Smallville. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of people still think she's, if not the best, one of the best. I, oh. I, I loved her. I thought she was great. Oh yeah, I I absolutely I think that's one of the few things that Smallville really nailed was her casting and um Lois's inclusion in Clark's development into becoming Superman. I like the idea that she likes him, loves him for who he is as Clark and knows what he can do and influences him to become Superman right alongside his parents and the lessons he's learned in his life. I like that a lot. And I think it gives the character of Lois far more credit um, as a person, as an, as an investigative journalist than to have her be this Pulitzer prize winner while simultaneously having the most powerful man in the fucking world at her elbow that she cannot see past a fucking ill-fitting suit and glasses, (laughs) you know, like, Nah, that 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 was the right move. One of the few things they did right on that show. But uh, it is funny to me that I was I've been saying that about Lauren Graham in Gilmore Girls. And then when you see the writing, there's so much similarity between the character of Lorelai Gilmore in that show and Rachel Brosnahan's Midge Maisel in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And the fact that they're both dark haired, blue eyed women and they cast Rachel Brosnahan in the new fucking Superman movie. I was like, God damn it. Like, I swear to God, if you guys cast Milo Ventimiglia as the new Batman, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, didn't they uh, say that they're going to be casting Batman soon? I don't know, but it, I really don't want to see Jensen Ackles play Batman. I, really I don't do not. Yeah, I I think that would be really weird. Uh yeah. I I mean I he think... did a good job at Soldier Boy, I'll give him that, but I mean it, if you go back to like look at his acting and he's like I think I want some pie. And it's like yeah. that and it's like are you that is that on purpose? You know, it's like well, very CW. So, so James Gunn's casting of of Superman was seems like it's relatively unknown. Like I didn't know the guy and it's uh yeah it, that's exactly what it is yeah. so so hopefully he's gonna do the same with batman i would think so i mean i i i think i think you need to you need to do that um let give it breathing room i don't even think nowadays you need to have you, you know, like the the hackman effect where you oh yeah with one name to get the movie sold yeah, yeah like, oh, the character will do that yeah, uh, we're at we're at a point now where you know you don't you don't need to have 
the big name associated in a in a related role in it to throw on the marquee. Was Cavill um, a big name before he got Man of Steel? Because no. I know he was in a couple of things. I, I didn't think. Oh, but Amy there. Adams was. Oh, oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon, he's wonderful. Not to mention Russell Crowe plays Jor-El in it. Yeah, but that's. I mean, Russell Crowe is a is a name. Yeah, no, I was just thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, he is actually in it more than I'm giving him credit for. I, I was thinking of, of Marlon Brando, and I'm like, yeah, he's in this more than Marlon Brando was in. But then, the first you, al- the, then you also had Kevin Costner and yeah. Diane Lane. You know? So um, I thought and he was Lawrence, Robin Hood. And Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> Love Lawrence Fishburne. It, it looks like the biggest thing uh, Henry Cavill was in, long running anyway, was the, the Tudors. The Tudors, yeah. Well, I mean, even back, I remember back when they were getting ready to do a Superman movie before it became Superman Returns. Um, they were, you know, the short list of people they were looking at, and I saw that Henry Cavill uh, was was on that list, and this was like before the Tudors was a thing. Uh, oh, wow. And in the parenthetical next to it to say like what he had been in, what you might know this actor from, was the Count of Monte Cristo, and I was like, the fucking kid. Yeah, he was the, the, he was the skinny kid. Yeah. From the Count of Monte Cristo? Uh maybe if they were casting Superboy, fine. Um, and then past that, Stardust. the only other thing I had seen him in was Stardust. Yeah. And I was like, uh, I don't I don't know about that one, kids. And you know, that being said, uh like the creep in the bowler? Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> that being said, I mean, I do think I do think that Man of Steel and um, most of Batman v Superman were cast incredibly well. Um, the only issue I have with Batman v Superman is Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. Oh, you mean the biggest travesty ever to hit, uh, you know, DC movies ever? Yeah. I I will say I don't. I I think like going the opposite direction where a lot of people were hemming and hawing about would have been the wrong move too. No, Brian Cranston should not have been cast as Lex Luthor in Batman v Superman because I don't want to see a fucking 65-year-old Lex Luthor butting heads with a fucking 30-year-old Superman. I- I'm I'm good with that. I think mm-hmm. having Nicholas Holt play fucking Lex Luthor in this new movie against David Cornsweet's Clark Kent slash Superman is the right move. Keep them contemporary. Yeah. No, I, I I agree with you absolutely. Yeah. Unless and you I, do and that I want, whole ultra humanite thing, you know. Yeah, and I want I want Batman to be roughly the same age as Superman. Roughly, you know. I don't want it to be like I like Ben Affleck. I think he was a revelation as the character in Batman v Superman. Um. It's, but I don't want to see a Batman who's been operating for 10 fucking years before Superman ever shows up and is like, you know, doing his gritted teeth, Danny Glover esque, I'm getting too old for this shit kind of thing. Like, yeah. I mean, that was pretty much the Justice League movies. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm good, man. Um, like, let's, let's, I mean, that's one of the things I think we can take solace in with with James Gunn uh, on the creative side of things here to help shepherd it is like, there's going to be movement to keep it close to what we see in the comic books. 
I don't know. I'm not saying they'll be slavish to a- any particular thing, but they're going to make sure certain beats and characteristics are adhered to. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's going to be a Rachel Ghoul story with bold, bra- uh, brave and the bold. I'm yeah. guessing. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, I get, I get if, you know, Superman is being played as like 30 in, in this movie and Batman is like 35. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there's all kinds of talk now of Alan Richson being looked at to play Bruce Wayne and Batman. And um, I don't know. I mean, he's the I like, hawk. I, well, I mean, whoop de doo. Uh, that doesn't mean anything at this point in time. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I like Alan Richson. I don't, I, I, I think di- the director in writing would seriously dictate how well he's perceived as, as that character. Um, because I've seen him in a few different things. And I, like I said, I really like him. Uh, the show Reacher, I loved the first season. That show was done very well. The Everyone in it, including Alan Richardson, they, they did a great job performing in that first season. The second season of Reacher can get fucked. It is horrible. It, it, it's like they just took a bunch of first-year staff writers and said, like, hey, every terrible fucking trope you can think of where we took this sort of cool like uh combination of like Batman and Bill Bixby's like Bruce Banner going from place to place uh and and just add add soap opera-esque elements to it. Do that. Make that make that be Reacher season 2. And by the time I got to the end of it, I was like, wow. The vast majority of people in this season were fucking terrible. And it's not Alan Richens fault. He was, he was fucking trying like gangbusters, but the people that they stuck him with awful in, in, including Sorinda Swan, who I don't really see much appeal for her. Like my only experience before that show with seeing her in something was as Zatanna mm-hmm. in Smallville. Um, and I'll say this, I don't remember her performance. I remember she looked the part, for Zatanna in Smallville, but uh, performance-wise in in Reacher, no, no, I, I, no, 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 no. But uh, Batman, I, I don't know, I don't know who they could go after. I, I just don't want them to. I don't want it to be over the top or too understated. I don't want it to be Timothy Timothy Chalamet. I, I don't want that. You know, um. I, I, I would like them to avoid picking like Marvel crossover and stuff like that. Uh, so that that would be great. Like if they could yeah. just get somebody else. And um, I mean, we already have uh, Pattinson, so it doesn't yeah. have to be the same at all. I just want to see Dave Batista play Professor Hugo Strange. All right. OK. I think he would be like, I don't I, you, you guys know me like I don't. I don't jump into the Batman stuff too terribly often, but like people keep saying like, Oh, Dave Batista was seen it at WB studio a lot. And like, oh, he's he was, getting a job. Yeah. Like, yeah. But- and it's like, yeah, no shit. But I think it would be pretty fucking cool to see him play professor Hugo strange. That'd be a lot of meat for him to chew on. 
it's it's too on the nose for him to play Bane, you know. No, he. he I don't think it's fair for him to play Bane. I, I don't him. think we need one to be honest uh, with you. Well, to yeah, him, way too early for Bane. Yeah. Well, never mind. Never mind that. I don't just. I just don't think it's fair to him. Like, part of the whole thing with Dave Bautista is like, I need to get away from Drax because you know I'm I'm older and I can't keep up that physique, and he should be allowed to not have to keep it up like that. Like, yeah, he'll. He'll work out. He maintains a healthy lifestyle, but the kind of shit that they need, the shape they need him to be in to play that role. I mean, look at look at him in the holiday special and Guardians of the Galaxy three. He was finally wearing a shirt. You know, they they finally were like, "All right, dude, you you know you don't have to like kill yourself and dehydrate yourself constantly for this." And um, but I think him playing Doctor, I mean Professor Hugo Strange. That would be that would probably be a lot of fun for him. A lot yeah, of I could see it. I could absolutely chewing. see that. Yeah, yeah, I think he's a good actor, honestly. Um, but like I just you're gonna need to see somebody who can and this is a hard balancing act for, for Batman uh in a in a movie like what they're talking about, Brave and the Bold. You need someone who can play like the cold, calculating vigilante that we know as the bat. And also has some underlying warmth, with, which allows him to find some kind of connection with this kid who's been dropped in his lap. Yeah. Like you need to believe that this is a guy who, while he was at the end of his rope and just fighting this one man war on crime, still took in other kids and made sure that they were taken care of and helped him along on his fucking battle without getting them necessarily hurt or killed you know like there's gonna be a nightwing there's gonna be a red hood in this world so damien is not his first go around with having exactly a kid there so you need to find someone who's got that that willful steely determination and also some kind of fatherly instinct you know, that's that's hard. <laughs> like that's, yeah. that's legitimately good acting that you need to have involved there. And, you know, um, I, I'm sure I'm sure Clooney or Kilmer could have done it, you know, for sure. It's it's more of like the intimidation parts that they yeah. weren't that, you know, like, oh, I'm not really intimidated by, you know, Dr. Ross from ER. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, I will I will say one of the things that I find heartening is the fact that you know they did cast david corn sweat and um just for the physicality in and of itself the guy is six foot four yeah so he is he is going to be a a large in stature superman which means you can cast a batman pretty much up to that same size i mean like that's that's ben affleck's size too you know whereas ben affleck was four inches taller than than henry cavill mm-hmm. like that's that's hard to have like the the toe-to-toe two big guys no pun intended for this pantheon to what like you would literally have to have superman like floating off the ground all the time which i th- i feel like that actually flies in the face of who superman is as a character <laughs> yeah <laughs> He would not be floating constantly because he wouldn't want to remind you that he's that different from you. 
that's that's red sun uh superman yeah that's intimidation factor superman and that's that's not uh clark kent good old boy from small town smallville kansas uh interacting with you type shit i mean talk Um, talking about these uh these games too and and movies and all that i wonder if it's possible to just forego some of the movie stuff and make sequels in video game form well i mean they're they are they they james gunn has said that they are connecting like everything yeah like like why not like if we had suicide squad and then the suicide squad now we've got suicide squad kills the justice league why not do something like that and be like hey this is a successor to this we know it's an it's a multiversal elseworlds or anything else like that but how does it translate into like could it have been like we took the suicide squad after their battle with starro and put them over here you know obviously that didn't happen but could we do something yeah. like that like green lantern could make its uh, appearance in you know um a video game which would take a very long time to develop but still yeah. like if you had the characters and cast them and all that we would be ready for them as an audience because we've already seen it they're like oh okay well of course that's guy gardner i know who that is as a primer yeah that that makes sense i will say i mean i'm i'm if slash when they do it i'm glad that it it hasn't started yet um especially like with suicide squad kill the justice league because you know there's the whole thing is like the people who play the characters play the characters they're gonna voice them they're gonna play them live action you know what have you and um you know suicide killed the justice league suicide squad killed the justice league uh amanda waller i was pleasantly surprised by this but amanda waller is uh portrayed by deborah wilson uh formerly of mad tv uh she's been doing a lot of voice acting over the years uh but they also render her like so it is Amanda Waller as she would look portrayed by Deborah Wilson in the video game. Pretty cool. Uh, it's very cool. Uh, but yeah. a bit more difficult to pull off when you straight up have Viola Davis as Amanda Waller for the DCU. Once it now, starts. Did you earnest. play Gotham Knights at all? I have not. I've been, I've been looking at it lately. Uh, Cause like, you know, I know I, it's I, multiplayer and such, right? I played through, I played through the Arkham games and I'm just like, mm, I wonder how it is. I, I just, I don't, I, know, I don't our, know much. Our buddy about old it. man Wade was playing it. Cause he likes to, he likes to, you know, play as the red hood. So yeah, that's, that is his, his deal. I, I, <laughs> I think it's uh, both. Uh, well, obviously single player and multiplayer. I, is I it think... even single player. Yeah. I'm... Yeah. Yeah. You can play it single player. I heard that uh, basically it's it's the Ninja Turtles with uh, Batman characters, where Jesus. one one character is like each sort of turtle, you know, just depending on how they like their style of play. Wow, that's fun. I guess. <laughs> I know the uh, the game got a lot of hate when it first came out. Ooh, I, people are still playing it though. So, yeah. yikes! Yeah, it's uh. Hmm, that's it's not got great ratings. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. It's yeah, just wait till it's free. Yeah, I'm just I'll 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 keep my eyes peeled for PlayStation Plus. <laughs> wow. 
Well, I know, I know we didn't completely go over all the games and all that, but I mean, like just in, in terms of like talking about our favorite parts of this and all that, um, you know, i it's, it's definitely a fun take on it. I I've enjoyed uh, going through about the, the Arkham stuff. And since Brandon's been talking about, it, I've definitely been looking into clips and such. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a pretty cohesive story. Uh, I, I enjoy that. Like I said, Rocksteady, they, they really were like, Hey, you know, we're, we, we've done some really good stuff here with, with these games and this character, like, let's finish it. How, how does this yeah. logically end for Batman and Bruce Wayne? And I like that what happens in Gotham uh, in Arkham Knight is actually the logic, like the conclusion for what happened in Arkham city with, you know, uh joker donating his blood to a bunch of places and infecting people yeah fucking asshole i mean unfortunately there's some real world examples of things like that have occurred in the past um but like batman is also one of those people who got infected and you know by the time you get to arkham knight you're like oh yeah there was there was no happy ending for for anybody that that happened. To. Yeah, seriously, it's like what what just happened? It's like, well, uh, what I can tell you is, what wasn't it cool going after all those trophies? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hope you really enjoyed training Azrael on those rooftops. Yeah, uh, I know, right? Thank you. I think. Yeah, did you enjoy those little team ups you did with? With uh, Nightwing, as you were taking down uh, all the Penguins' weapon caches, well, here's the end of the game. Bye. What? <laughs> Wait, did I just watch Batman die with my own two eyes? From I mean, kind of. Yes. An explosion at Wayne Manor? Uh, I mean, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, when you put it that way... <laughs> But yeah, I, I I haven't I haven't full blown uh hopped on the the Gotham Knights train yet. I think I think it didn't help the video game also to have the show on CW premiere around oh, the same yeah. time. Yeah. And then and um, then it was canceled after the sixth episode or something. Yeah, because it was fucking garbage. Jesus. Yeah. I mean you know, did, did they learn nothing from Birds of Prey? I mean, obviously not, because then they made they made fucking. Gotham hey, man. Knight. Hey, man. I would have watched Birds of Prey if that kept going. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Dita Meyer, the reason, Mia but the Sarah. reason it didn't keep going was because it wasn't very good. <laughs> Jamar Moore. Come on. It it just wasn't very good. You know, and that's. Have you seen like a like what CW show started out really well and, and continued really well. You know, it's like most of them had to like, they had to breathe, you know? Yeah. But once again, the whole thing about the show is like the way that Warner brothers is so precious about Batman. Like that hurt birds of prey considerably. I do agree with that. Absolutely. And, and I'm, I think to a huge degree that hurt Gotham. And then they tried the same stuff with um, with Smallville, and admittedly, Smallville worked because of the cast. But it's like everyone's like, just put on the suit, put on the suit. Yeah, oh, I mean, I'm still yeah. I'm still pissed about that. Like, listen, I I completely understand not wearing that suit for 
99.8% of that show. I, I really do. Mm-hmm. Because I do agree with the idea, with the sentiment that once he puts on the suit and flies, it's no longer Smallville. It's Superman. Well, I but mean, the cop out at the end of that fucking series was disgusting. I, 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 I was insulted. It was not enough to just have him run to towards the screen and rip open his shirt. And he's got like the Superman singlet on underneath with like the Superman return suit. No, we were owed after a decade. We were like to see the last shot of the show should have been him in full Superman regalia, because that is exactly how it stops being about Smallville. You know, and that's absolutely fair, you know, on, on just how it could have gone. Yeah, but and I'm saying that as someone like I do understand like Tom Welling's sentiment, whereas like, you know, it was never really about wearing the suit or anything like, yes, I get that. I 100 percent agree. You should not have been wearing a suit or anything except for that last scene, the very last scene. Like, I don't think I don't think that's like doubling like going back on the principles that you were basing everything on up to that point. I actually think it's reinforcing them because you're saying, Oh, Hey, look, we showed you the suit. So we, we don't tell this story anymore. This is not our story to tell on this show. Go forth and, and find stuff about Superman. Like maybe there'll be something down the line that's about Superman. It won't be this show because we're, we're we've told the chapters that we were going to up to this point. That's not, that that's not flying in the face of everything that came up to that point. It's reinforcing it. And um, the fact that they, that was, that was like a self induced rule. And it's like sort of like doing to themselves purposely what Warner brothers consistently did to every production regarding the character of Batman. They just wouldn't let Batman get used for anything. And I just, I, I, you know, because of that, that's why we ended up getting an arrow show where he was basically Batman. Yeah. Well, we, we did get Gotham, but that was that. Yeah, whatever. I mean, I arrow went on to be, if not as successful, I'd say more successful than Smallville. You know, it was just, it was a thing, you know, it was just something that people were looking for and it was, it was like slightly different, but that same sort of formula. And then like the flash also the same thing. And I, I, I say it's like, they're all Buffy, you know? Yeah. But to, to your point, I think part of the, a big part of the reason why arrow worked is because one, they embrace the fact that, hey, this is a vigilante superhero. Like, he wore the suit. He had a voice modulator. He used the arrows. He fought crime. And for a while there, he was killing people. Like, he was he was murking them left and right. You um, failed the city. You have failed this city. But the, the funny thing is, I when I, because I watched Arrow for, like, a few seasons, um, I, I kept saying whilst watching it, I was like, you know, this is exactly... Keeping in mind, like we had the Nolan Batman stuff out in the yep. theaters, yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, 
I kept saying like, this is ex- the voice modulator was my biggest thing. I was like, this is exactly what Batman needs in, in these movies and stuff like this beats the shit out of Christian Bale's fucking three packs a day gravel voice. You know, like oh, I just ran up these stairs. To let you know, Rachel. Okay. We get it. Fucking take, take a breath, Bruce. We'll wait, <laughs> you know? Um, I like the voice modulator thing. That was smart. Uh, and like I said, he's wearing the the whole thing. I didn't, you know, it was stupid that for the longest time they were like the, the hood, you know, and, and, and the arrow. Like they eventually finally got to the point where they called him Green Arrow, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but they essentially embraced the character. They embraced the idea like, hey, this is a costume vigilante with a secret identity. And then the Flash, they brought it a step further. Like, hey, it's the same principle, but this is a guy who's actually, even though he's been touched by some tragedy in his life, he's a pretty happy dude. He's a he, he's a nerd who gets superpowers. What would a nerd who gets superpowers do with those superpowers? Oh, he's going to wear a bright fucking suit and use them to fight crime as a superhero and have fun doing it. That's why the Flash worked, because they embraced it. Smallville... They did everything they could to not be that up till the very end. And Arrow worked not just because they were embracing it, but because he was the stand-in for a Batman show. Like, if you like Batman as a character in many different forms of media there's a pretty strong likelihood that you're going to enjoy the first few seasons of arrow. Yeah. I I watched the first, I think four and then I stopped. Yeah. Same, same thing here. It was like the first four seasons. And I was like, yeah, I don't think I care anymore. Yeah. I I think it was right around when they started the um, relationship with him. Felicity. And and yeah, Yep, that's exactly where I I fell off too because I liked Felicity a lot, I really did. Um, and my thing was like, okay, you, she's clearly their like Oracle esque character for the show, um, but I don't think that when you have men and women or men and men, women and women, whatever, like especially if they if there's a friendship, a solid relationship there. I don't think it needs to turn romantic. I think that's, I think that's disingenuous. That's not how the real world works. And I understand we're talking about costume vigilantes jumping off rooftops and shit. Yeah. But, but you need to ground that stuff with everything that surrounds it. And I think that Felicity was such a good person and such an awesome character up to that point that they did her and everyone else on that show a disservice by making Oliver and Felicity get together. You know, that's, that's like, I, I, I like the idea in Batman of Bruce and Selena having this like tense, intense flirtation and attraction to one another. But I think it works better when they realize they, they can't. Because they literally are way too different. You know, the, she, she's her whole thing. Like, you know, she's a burglar. She's, she's after number. She's out to look out for number one. 
You know, she's not trying to hurt anyone, but don't get in her way. I think she's so interesting. Like e- even that book that we read, the, uh, oh, uh, the yeah, one bad I, day and all that. It's just like she is such a compelling character. She is interesting, yeah. and but I think that part of what makes her interesting is that whole like. You know, Lady Hawk, you know, like together forever, but eternally apart. You know? <laughs> well, they meet at twilight and dusk. <laughs> you know, it, it, but I think I think that's that's the best approach for both of those characters. And Leo, that's a 1986 to, release too, Lady Hawk. I, I remember <laughs> that. And uh, but I'm just saying, like. If you have when you have sometimes when you have those things come to fruition, it's not as great as the sum of its parts. You're 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 better off having the the tension, and like hoping for a thing that will never actually come. And it's not just you, but it's the characters themselves, which makes it better because you acknowledge it in story that at, through the characters themselves, we're like, I really wish I could be with this person, but I know I can't. You know, because once the characters have that realization, when they acknowledge it, then the audience has to acknowledge it too. You know, oh, and, and then, that's where you nip fucking shipping in the bud. <laughs> well, and that's when she leaves him on top of the rooftop during their wedding. Well, yeah, that was fucking that was weak. <laughs> that whole thing, like the we the, moved past that, guys. Like the wedding. I mean, way past all of this. Who, who, the fuck, who the fuck really, truly thought that they were going to end up married? I mean, yeah, I didn't. The storyline was pretty good at that point. I, I liked it a lot. I, I actually, I'm, I collect single issues of that issue, so it, I don't like what happened, but I like what happened afterwards. And the the Batman Catwoman series is great. I yeah. listen. I really liked Bruce and Selina being together. And that's how I knew it wasn't going to work. It wasn't going to last. Ask me why and how I knew that. Because we can't have nice things, Brandon. Because I fucking read a goddamn run from Detective Comics that made sense of everything I had ever seen in any fucking Batman comic book ever. And it was brilliant and progressive and exactly the kind of shit that should happen. And what did they fucking do after that entire run? They reverted everything back to status quo like none of it happened whatsoever. So when I started seeing all this shit happening with, oh, they're going to get married. I was like, okay, we'll fucking see, won't we? And then the <laughs> shit went down and a lot of people online and everything were like, I can't believe what the fuck you guys. I was like, yeah, <laughs> right. If only we could have seen this coming. It's, DC is never is it an Elseworlds like or something? Like, I know it's not an official Elseworlds, but is it like an alternate reality? Uh, Leo, do you know? Because you, you get the Batman Catwoman book, right? Or, or at least you used to? Uh, no, I only Are read it get- with um, the current run that's going on right now when it crossed okay. over. Yeah, because it's, it's Tom King wrote it, and I, I think it's yeah. uh, uh, who's, who was doing it. I, I don't know. It, it was really good art. I, I think it is canon because there's a lot of crossover between. OK, two. yeah, because um, it's 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 a whole thing. And I know that they were still going with it and we didn't have for a while a Catwoman series, but I think they, they brought that back. So but um, I yeah. think they're they're broken up after that whole thing that happened where she stole his money. So I think that's yeah. where it kind of ended. So, but yeah, you know, there, if, if I want if I want to see something cool, that's like the end result of a Batman Catwoman marriage, then I'll just reread Earth, Two. 
Yeah, why not? I'll we'll reboot Earth Two in in conjunction with uh, world's finest Power Girl Huntress. I think uh, I think with that, fellas, that's probably enough room to talk about. And I'll go read uh, Earth Two right now. So uh, <laughs> if that's if that's fine with you, gentlemen, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't I can't recommend that enough for anybody. <laughs> go read Earth Two. It started with the New Fifty Two because. Uh, yeah, there's some there's some really cool Batman esque related stuff that occurs there, especially with uh, with Huntress, delving real deep into the Silver Age origin of the character, and not the whole uh, what the hell is it, Bertinelli or whatever? Helena oh, Bertinelli. I, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> it's it's a yeah, it's a completely different character. So. Yeah. But um. Yeah, so that's that's I guess our our Batman video game slash comic book slash info dump. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't I didn't realize we had two hours worth of time there, but it's, yeah, I know we it's, we, it's we just, should just going. We, you know? Yeah, we, we just we purged a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we should definitely wrap things up. Uh, but that yeah, section I mean, on Eleanor Roosevelt, man, I never knew. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, well, I mean, if you haven't played the Batman games, definitely check them out. You know, I absolutely loved them. Uh, I got my PS3 just for Batman Arkham. Uh, yeah, I used to refer to my PS3 as my my Batman machine. because that's <laughs> like That's the only thing I played on it for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, Brandon, I think you uh, inspired me. I think I'm going to go back and uh, replay the games when I get. Yeah, I kind of want to play Arkham Asylum again. Yeah, yeah, man, I think I think you'll be very pleasantly surprised like it's you know it it's very welcoming it's familiar but you you, you'll probably get sucked right back into it and you know you know more about what the mechanics are and and how it ends all together with like the the trilogy of arkham games from rocksteady so you can kind of take your time there's a lot more resources out there if you do want to go through and find all the riddler Riddler trophies and everything like you know get yourself to 100 percent. you know challenge yourself and say hey can i can I get 240% on Arkham Knight and get the fucking super dope ass black with yellow symbol Batman suit? You know, just go nuts. And yeah. and also if, if for anybody that's listening, if you're if you haven't really played them, I don't know why, but if you haven't really played them, um and you really enjoy uh the comics themselves, uh, especially for what we're gonna be covering very soon, uh if you like a death in the family uh i would recommend get absolutely getting to two and through um batman arkham knight yes it's yeah. rock steady's it's rock steady's um take on the end result of of that story like death in the family would be sort of like a precursor to what you would see in arkham knight uh, and then the follow-up stuff would be uh, Red Hood. And and I would even say, you know, start off with Hush, you know, yeah. and, then, and then go into Under the Hush Red. is a character that shows up in Batman Arkham Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can definitely, uh, definitely play. Is it Arkham Knight or Arkham City? One of the two, but it, yeah. yeah um, I think it's definitely Arkham Knight that, that he shows up in there. Um, but, but the interesting thing, too, is there's a Jason Todd part of uh hush so Hmm. and it was like oh okay 
and then and then you're like, oh, and then and then under the red hood comes out, and you're like, oh, they did it. <laughs> <laughs> they did the thing. Yeah. Uh, Hush is in Arkham City. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I uh, shows up at, at, at Lucius's um, office and uh, he actually is, he made himself look like Bruce Wayne in it. Um, yeah. So voiced yeah. by Kevin Conroy. Yes. But he 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 does his it's his normal speaking voice as Hush. So when he's when he's Hush, he's hey, hey I I'm I'm here to destroy your life, Bruce. And as as Batman, he's like, Good luck, Hush. <laughs> like, oh, all right, two sides <laughs> of the same coin. That's neat. Um oh, so that's the Juilliard training we we kept hearing about. <laughs> but uh yeah, there's there's some really interesting stuff uh in, in plays on you know hush, uh death in the family and uh under the red hood. Mm-hmm. So I I would I would recommend you know checking out the playing the games, having fun with that, but uh understand some of the source material. Uh because I think that's really that's really what it's all about, right? You know, we we get to see some of these things played out through uh, the filter of somebody else's creative lens. And, uh, you know, that's for me, like, that's one of the things I like about it. I, you know, that I can play those Batman games and there's really no room for dicking around, which it's very straightforward. And the fact that it gets to a point for Batman where he's like, you know, I'm, I can't do this anymore, like literally and figuratively. So time to time to call it quits. Uh, this is the end game for me and that's it there's there's none of the comic book tropey uh, retconning and resumption so there's there is power in that and and as i said i i think it was done far more effectively than christopher nolan's trilogy um, i oh yeah yeah i i agree as much as i like those movies and all that like specifically the uh the the first and the second one um yeah, the third one was a big letdown. It's just weird. Yeah, but I, I I think it's cool, and and you watch, I know you, I'll be going back to play him. Yeah, you play Arkham City especially, uh, and you think about Batman: The Dark Knight Rises, and you fucking tell me which one's the better of the two. Yeah, with, without a doubt, I could have. <laughs> I can make that decision right now. Yeah, so, <laughs> that's not a problem. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, this. So, I mean, like, this is a pretty good uh, Batman info dump. Uh, you know, just kind of like I said, the that's a good the title, bat, the bat purge, <laughs> as it were. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Batman's gonna go out uh, one day a week and just start bashing heads, or one day a year. All I know yeah. is, if you bat listen purge. to the end of this episode, you're gonna get a Riddler trophy. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, well, on that note, I want to thank everybody for watching this fine evening. You know me, you know how to find me. Just Google me, but I run uh, the Dorkening Podcast Network. Head on over to thedorkening.com to learn more. And uh, we'll kick it over to Powerful Brandon. Hey, everyone. I am Powerful Brandon. Uh, you can check me out on social media on Instagram at this Brandon has powers, uh, as well as uh, X slash Twitter at Brandon's powers. Um, I also am uh, the host, along with these two fine fellows uh, for the Comics Paradox podcast. Uh, that is the podcast in which we discuss and dissect all things that are alternate reality, such as Elseworlds from DC or What Ifs from Marvel. 
Uh, we also look at different story arcs from uh, either one of the two big publishers, uh, as well as uh, tales from from other places. You know, we'll we'll eventually get to some things. Like, I know this would be right up Leo's alley. Uh, Infinities from Dark Horse for Star Wars, uh, things things like that. Yeah, um, and uh, if you want to check that out, go to uh, www.comicsparadox.com. That's c o m i x p a r a d o x dot com. Uh, you can also find it uh, anywhere that fine podcasts are broadcast, uh, any any number of, of apps that are available. Uh, and uh, also feel free to stop by uh, the dorkeningpodcastnetwork.com to not just check out uh, episodes of Comics Paradox, but any one of the other 40-plus shows that the entire network has to offer. Awesome. Mr. Justin Cooper. Yeah, you can check out my show, Epic Tales from the Sewers, a TMNT podcast. We talk about everything TMNT, have some great guests, and do some uh, some readings of the stories, audiobook style. So you can check that out. And, um, you know, like, like Brandon was saying, check out the other shows. Check out Comics Paradox. You know, um, I think recently we just did, uh, was it uh, Batman Superman Generations? Check oh. that out. Go back and listen to the Amalgam episodes or go back and listen to Red Sun or what if Captain America had uh, formed the Avengers? You know, these are all really fun books. Or you can listen to the duds like what if uh, Jane Foster uh, was oh Thor? Yeah, what a dud. <laughs> but what a fun episode. So there's, there's a lot lot to it. So, uh, you know, check it out and check out all the others uh, on the uh, Dorkening. We don't talk about that enough. But, uh, yeah, the Dorkening Podcast Network. Check out them shows. Awesome. And keep in mind, uh, in order to podcast, Brandon must become Justin. And Justin must become Brandon. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so Is that a funny. thing now? <laughs> so weird. <laughs> it's such an odd comment to make with absolutely no context to everyone at the end of an episode. Like, we're about to say, oh, bye. And oh, here's, here's one really cryptic thing that I'm going to say I feel before like we he's, sign he's up. Leaving, he's leaving Riddler trophies for us now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, who's going to win the no prize by figuring out what the fuck Leo's talking about by the next episode? You know, the listeners aren't in our private chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, you're really going to confuse all both of our listeners. <laughs> uh, head over to Comics Paradox. You'll learn more. With that, we'll catch you later. Bye. Bye, Bye everybody. <laughs>